Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. First Thessalonians 5, beginning in number 16, verse number 16 says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time. We can look uh, at Thanksgiving, Lord, and what it means to really give thanks and to be truly thankful, Lord, to be biblically thankful, uh, God, and what that means and, and how your word helps us to understand that, God. Guide our hearts and our minds tonight. Uh, give me the words to say, Lord, help us as we go uh, through this study tonight, Lord. Thank you for your word that helps us to grow, that changes us, that makes us more like our son, that points out the things we need correction in and helps us to be strengthened in our faith. In your name we pray. Amen. Black Friday is the craziest holiday, if you want to call it that, I can think of, with a close second only being Cyber Monday, right? Yeah. I mean, we think about it this way, okay? Thanksgiving Day comes around once a year, and most Americans spend the day being thankful for all the things that they have, and then the very next day or later that evening or early the next morning, they get up and go to purchase all the things they don't have, right? Yeah. They go and spend all of our money. We're thankful, we're content, and then the next day is all about buying new stuff. And I thought about that a little bit because it is kind of a crazy day of the year. And I've looked up a few statistics for us here that just kind of gain a little bit of perspective. I won't throw a whole bunch out tonight, but, but here's a few, okay? So 2022, these are things that happened last year. Black Friday spending reached $9.12 billion on Black Friday, which is a 2.3% increase from 2021. So there's one statistic for you. Uh, Shopify store owners, the average order total, this is a Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Cyber Week, uh, 2022, the average total was $102.10, which was also higher. In 2021, it was $100.70 per average order. Those are online sales. 2022, more than 122.7 million people visited an actual brick and mortar store at some point in time on Black Friday weekend, according to the National Retail Federation. That was up 17% from the year before. Of course, now some of it is we're coming out of restrictions of COVID were being lifted by 2022, but still, that's a lot of people, a lot more people going to the actual store. 2022, last one here, 87.2 million consumers shopped online, which is about the same as 2021. So lots of shopping, lots of buying, lots of things after a day of thankfulness, right, of all that we, all that we have. But really, Thanksgiving is more about the just being thankful for those things that we have or the blessings that we get. We thank God for those, and we should. The blessings, the family, our families, uh, the things that he's given. But true giving of thanks and biblical thanksgiving really goes beyond just that. It really does. And being truly thankful means understanding that God is working in our lives. He's in all circumstances at all times, and he's bringing about what is needed. He gives us the things that we need before we even realize that we need it. And that's what we look at, the providence of God. That's a, that's a big 
big thing. I wish we had a lot of time to talk about that. I, I was looking through things. John Piper has a six-part series on the providence of God. That's a big, it's a big thought. We'll look a little bit tonight at it. But, but basically it's this. It's the ability that he has uniquely as God to look ahead and know what is needed in our lives combined with his ability to actually supply it. You know, sometimes we have needs in our life that through human resources alone we're really not able to supply. Uh, but he is fully able to do so. So the depth of our thankfulness is actually much greater than sometimes we give. But that's why we are to give thanks in everything. That's what the, the verses say, give thanks in everything. Not just things that are good for us or things that are good to us in our own estimation, uh, but, but also circumstances and things that come up in our lives sometimes that are rather difficult to go through. And being thankful in those circumstances because God is working all things for our good. So three things we have there tonight looking at biblical thanksgiving and what it does for us and what it can do through us. So the first one there you have is biblical thanksgiving glorifies God. Back in our main text again, that's what it says in verse number 18. And everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Biblical thanksgiving, first of all, glorifies God. And we are told in this verse to give thanks in everything, uh, and the reason why also, it's the will of God. Uh, in, in everything, give thanks. And this is something important. I like what David Guzik said about, about this here. It doesn't say that we're giving thanks for everything, because some things are hard for us. Some trials and tribulations that we go through in life are very difficult, but we give thanks in the trial, in the midst of that. The thought isn't this, this is God's will, so you must do it. The thought is that this is God's will, so you can do it. And I really appreciated what David Guzik said there about that. And these three uh, verses here actually form a complete thought. Uh, you may have, like I do, periods. By the way, I'll throw some trivia out at you because Pastor Jason gave you some on Wednesday night. Rejoice evermore in the Greek is the shortest verse in the Bible. In English, Jesus wept. And John is the, is the shortest Bible, Bible verse. But in Greek, rejoice evermore, verse number 16 is. But it has a period. How many of you have a period? Rejoice evermore, period. Pray without ceasing, period. Okay. Uh, it might be better understood as commas. Rejoice evermore, comma. Pray without ceasing, comma. In everything, give thanks. Why? Because it's the will of God. And these short verses form that all together. Matthew Henry says, It's the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us that we give thanks seeing that God is the one who reconciled us to Christ, or reconciled, God is reconciled to us in Christ Jesus. In him and through him and for his sake, he allows us to rejoice evermore and appoints us in everything to give thanks because it's pleasing to God. It's the will of God. And really all creation was made to do the will of God. All creation was made to do that. In Psalm 81, verse number 1, David writes there, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Uh, Psalm 8, verse number 1. Who has set thy glory above the heavens? God's name is majestic. His glory is above uh, the heavens. Psalm 19, a very similar passage. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. The, hev the heavens declare that. His name is glorious and in the heavens. And why? Because the things that are in the heavens are doing what God asks them to do. The sun shines. And the stars uh, are there at night and the moon. And it has an effect on the tides of the ocean and all kinds of things. It's doing what God uh, has created it to do. Look over. Go to Job. I want to see this in Job chapter 12. Job chapter 12 tonight. Because it's not just 
the uh, stars and the heavens that also point to God and point us to his creation. It's also uh, the animals, the creatures of the earth. Job chapter 12, beginning in verse number 7, says this, But ask now the beasts, and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee. Or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee, and the fishes of the sea shall declare it unto thee. And here it is. Who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this, and whose hand is the soul of every living thing, and the breath of all mankind? It's not just the heavens that declare it is the very creation itself. We say that. All creatures of our God and King. I may sing that song a little bit too much, but I love that song. All creatures of our God and sing. Lift up your voice and with us sing. And we give thanks for those things, but we see that God is in it, and all of creation gives Him glory. And so back in our main text, when we do the will of God, we are giving Him glory, because we're created to do that. We're created to glorify God. We're created uh, to show His glory. And we do this out of thankfulness in every season, and in every occasion, it glorifies God supremely. Psalm 1611, Thou wilt show me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And we give thanks. It brings God glory. We're demonstrating in that thankfulness, especially with a proper heart and a proper attitude, we're demonstrating that the supreme value and the supreme worth of God. It's worth our time. When we come here on Sunday night and Sunday morning and Wednesday night, it's worth because it's God who is worthy of our praise. We set aside time to do that. You set aside time, I'm sure, uh, on your own for a personal Bible study. It's worthy because God is worthy. You're showing worship to him through the acts that you are performing. And Thanksgiving is an act of worship. We're treasuring Christ supremely in our hearts when we're in a season of thanksgiving, when we are thankful in all things, and that's the key, in all things, treasuring Christ in our hearts, fulfilling our purpose, pointing us to God in our minds. We're showing the supreme value and worth. So the first thing there is that uh, giving a biblical thanksgiving uh, acknowledges the worth of God or points to the worth of God. It's the will of God. But number two, we have there, biblical thanksgiving acknowledges God's providence. Biblical thanksgiving acknowledges God's providence. And that word, like I said, it's a very big word, and I did say there was, there were six different lessons. You know, I just went to the Desiring God website, and there was, type it in, providence of God, and boom, this whole thing came up. And I said, well, that's more than we can do in one night. But, uh, but, it's, but it's a very uh, unique word. And the correct, the correct understanding of providence in the English language today is sort of lost to us in some ways. Some of that is because of the way the philosophy of the world goes around us, you know? The, the, the philosophy of how things happen in our world today, sometimes people will say, well, it's just luck or it's good fortune. You know, have you ever heard someone say, boy, it was sure lucky that that happened that way. Yeah. Man, we were so lucky that that occurred. Or maybe we don't maybe say this in Christian circles a whole lot, but some people may look at it this way. They say, hey, the stars really shone on us today. We're so fortunate to be here today. Some people that are in the world, they have the philosophy, they say, well, you know what, it's, it's karma, you know? There's a whole religion and philosophy, Eastern religion, it's karma. If you do good things, good things will happen. If you do bad things, you know, it's the whole karma, you know. 
or fate. Fate. It's just fate. It's going to happen no matter what. What goes around comes around. There are other people that live their life and believe very strongly that God is nothing more than a spectator. Kind of like when you go home tonight, you may watch a TV show before you go to bed. You're just watching what happens on that TV screen. You have no control. Sometimes you wish when you're watching a sporting event, you wish you had a little bit of control, right? (laughs) But you have no control over what happens on that TV. It's a show. And people live their life. They have that philosophy and that mentality that God is just up there kind of watching stuff happen. There's no rhyme. There's no reason. There's no cause. There's no meaning. Just things kind of happening. But none of those ideas is biblical. And none of those ideas should, should uh, Christians, and we as Christians, we should not allow those type of ideas to influence our thinking or to be influenced by those ideas. Romans 8, 28 and 29 tells us this, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. These verses give us a very important truth. And that is that God is for us. God is working all things for our good. And the reason is, is because it was God determined that all those that asked him to be Savior, all those that would accept him as Savior, he was going to conform them to the image of his son. That's what that means right there. So all the things that are going on in our lives are making us more like Christ. We've accepted him as, Christ, as Savior, and we know that we're saved, those things that are working in us. And that God is in control of all those circumstances. It's not happening by accident. It does have a cause. It does have a meaning. It does have something. God's not a spectator watching us with no control whatsoever of what's happening. But we want to look at the word providence for just a minute. The word providence itself is, I'm not going to go into all, it's made up of a bunch of different Latin words and different things. Basically, it means the idea of being able to see ahead and do something about it is kind of the idea of providence, the Latin words. You can see ahead, and you have the ability to do something about what's going to happen. Um, we do have sort of some different Bible verses and things. I'm going to hit one here that's, that really shows it. 1 Timothy 5.8 says, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his house, he hath denied the faith and is worse, worse than an infidel. So in some ways, a word that we could use to kind of help us provision, okay, providence, provision, those that provide, uh, and that's what 1 Timothy 5a, there's a lot there, but we'll just look at the one part of it that says the head of the household basically is to provide for the people in his household. Providing, looking ahead, uh, to be ready for what is needed when that need comes around. Now, all of us in here, I'm sure, uh, would, would try to be good uh, stewards of what we have and would do a budget, Right? I mean, this is, this is probably a really good example or a really easy understanding for us of understanding what it is that provision is or what is providence or what is this word really talking about, all right? And that is our, our monthly budgets. You know, we sit down and we say, this is my income. Maybe you have a monthly income. Maybe you have a biweekly or whatever, you know, who knows, however it comes in. You have an income and you say, okay, things are due. I know they're due. Maybe the mortgage is due the first day of every month. Maybe the phone bill is due on the 18th, and maybe the internet bill is due on the 23rd, and maybe i got to pay the car payment at this day of the week, and, and whatever the case may be. Every bill has a due date, does it not? Every bill has a due date. You have to pay it by then. And so when we sit down with a budget, we say, okay, this is how much is coming in, and I need to pay these things out of it, 
and I'm going to set that money aside, or I'm going to make sure that whenever the time comes, it's right to pay it, I'm going to pay it. We're providing. We've made provision for those things in our life out of a budget. We're planning ahead. So we can look ahead and we can see those needs. We can set aside the required amount that's needed and take care of the bill before we literally end up in the dark, right? Well, when we talk about the providence and provision of God, we, we as human beings, we can't see everything that's going to happen, can we? We, just, we don't have the ability to look ahead and see the future, but God does. God knows what's coming up ahead. God knows what's going to be our need. God knows what's going to happen in the future. And not only that, he has the ability to provide and to take care of that need. He knows what will, ha- what will happen, what will come to pass. Another way of looking at it, I think, is this. And I like this way of saying it, too. You ever heard someone say, you come to someone and say, man, I've really got this issue and I, I need, you know, some help. And the person says, well, I'll see to that. You ever heard anybody tell you that or heard something similar to that? I'll take care of that. I'll see to that. That's the providence of God. God looking ahead and saying, you know what, there's a need, and I'll see to that need. I'll make sure it gets taken care of. You know the greatest need we had was salvation. I love in Genesis chapter 22, because when Abraham and Isaac start going up, and they got everything they need except no lamb, and Isaac says, where's the lamb? And Abraham says, God will provide. God will provide what's needed. God had the unique ability to know ahead of time what was going to be needed, the trial that they were going through, the testing, the thoughts that Abraham must have had, and at the right moment was able to give what was needed. And he looked ahead in our lives and knew, you know what? The creation I'm going to make, they're, they're going to need a Savior. And he looked ahead and he saw that need and he provided his own lamb, his son, Jesus Christ, to be the lamb for us so that we could have salvation means you don't need to worry. We'll take care of all those things. And that's what Jesus is talking about as well, Matthew 6, 32. For after all these things did the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that he have need of all these things. God knows that we have need of before you even ask it. And, and really, there's probably been times in your life, and there's times in my life, where I could look back at something and say, you know what, God gave me something that I needed that I didn't know I needed it until the time came, right? Has that ever happened to you? Something has, has been given, you think, man, well, that's really a great blessing. And then you're like, oh, that's why. That's why God provided that. It happens in our lives. But, you know, this really extends beyond physical needs as well. I mean, salvation is our greatest need. And God provided that for us. But here's the reality of it. And this is where God's provision, and this is where it relates back into thanksgiving and giving thanks in everything. A trial you may be going through right now is preparing you to strengthen your faith. Something that's happening in your life right now may be so that whenever another person is experiencing a similar situation, you can come alongside that fellow believer. God is preparing you to be used that you are the provision for this fellow believer or this person who needs to come to Christ and is not yet saved. But God is working in your life right now, bringing all things to good so that when that need arises for this other individual, you can be the provision for them that leads them to salvation, that encourages them through their trial, that strengthens your faith. God is working at all times to make us more like Christ, to make us conform to his image. And that provision that we're given is why we are to be thankful in everything. Your experience now is going to place you in a situation, perhaps, that God can use you 
one day. And I think about it, this is where these situations kind of come up and I start thinking through it a little bit. Anybody know who Corey Ten Boom is? Have you heard this before? Okay, there's, there's several hands out there. I, I, I love this story because God provided something for them that you wouldn't want, but it kept something else from happening. Uh, Corey Ten Boom, if you, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you real quick here. Corey Ten Boom uh, and her sister Betsy and her family, really, they were watchmakers in Holland uh, in the years before World War II, you know. And uh, they um, were helping to hide Jews from the Nazis. They were keeping them in a secret place uh, in their um, watch shop, which, you know, their house was above it and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, they were hiding them. Well, the neighbor ratted on them, you know. They were betrayed, and they ended up themselves being sent to Ravensbrück concentration camp. Uh, and while they were there, they were put into the, the barracks like everybody else, you know. And inside this particular barrack, in the bedding, in the straw, it was just covered in fleas. It was infested in fleas. Uh, really, really bad, and they were everywhere. And in the midst of it, of course, Corey Ten Boom herself said, you know, in her own book, she said, I was very discouraged, but Betsy, my sister, said, we got to be thankful Thankful for these fleas, thankful for that. And, and, and why is that? Why were they thankful? Because here's the reality. The fleas were keeping the SS soldiers from going into the barracks. And they were able to get a Bible in. And they were able to have Bible study with these Jewish women in this barracks. And the Nazi soldiers didn't come in there because they didn't want to get fleas. Being thankful for things sometimes that seem hard because what's going on? What is God doing? How is he working? And in the midst of that hard situation, being thankful, Corey Ten Boom was released later on. You, if you ever read her story, you should read The Hiding Place. It's really good. Or you, can, you, can, you can do what I do and cheat and watch the movie. But uh, the book's really good, too. But she is later released by a clerical error, and she had a, a ministry and an influence on a lot of people afterwards. But anyway, uh, but those things there, acknowledging God's providence and realizing that those things, I'm going to ask Pete, I, I, had, I had this up here. We sang the song for a reason. I've, I've got the verse up there again, Pete. Can you go back to that verse? This is just verse number two. We're not going to sing it again. But this verse is God's providence. See right there, beside us to guide us, our God with us joining. God's not a spectator. He's not off to the side. He's there. Ordaining and maintaining his kingdom. All the things that are going on, it seems like it's out of control, it seems like it's not right, but God is ordaining the events that are going on. God is in control of those, and he's in providential care over all those things, maintaining. And I love this part here. From the beginning, the fight we were winning. We may not have noticed it, we may not have realized it, but from the beginning, we've already, from the foundation of the world, Jesus Christ was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. We were already winning. I didn't even know it. The Lord was at our side. All glory be thine. And that's what the providence of God is, is recognizing and understanding that. And when we see that and understand and we know that, we can say, you know what? In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Because it's the will of God. Because it is God working in me and in the people around me. God at work in our lives. Being thankful for everything in everything, uh, even when it's hard. Finally tonight, biblical thanksgiving points others to Christ, and that really is what all that comes in. If you are uh, uh, thanking God, and it is in your life, in the will of God, and, and glorifying God through your thankfulness, and you are being thankful to God in the midst of the struggles and the hard times, the fleas, if you're thanking God for the fleas of your life, so to speak, then ultimately biblical thanksgiving will point others 
to Christ. And that's what it is. It's, it's, that's what it's all about. Psalm 103, 100, verse number 3, excuse me. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. When we are truly thankful, we're pointing people to Christ. We're not pointing people to us and ourselves and the things that we've done or been able to do. We're pointing others to Christ, acknowledging him. He is the one that made us. We're not able to do anything apart from him. Recognizing that God is the one who gave us what we have. And when we do that, we're actually reflecting back to who God is and to who Jesus Christ is. And that's exactly what we're called to do. We're called to do that in our lives. Psalm 6930, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Magnifying the Lord and pointing others to him in thanksgiving. And here's what happens. When other people, like those individuals this morning at New Ava Vida, when they come to know Christ, it's glorifying to God. And as they grow and as others that come to Christ grow in their faith, it's glorifying to God. As more people begin to uh, uh, follow in the will of God, it's glorifying to God. And that's what our lives are all about, glorifying Him. And so thanksgiving in this way is an open way for us to share Christ during this Thanksgiving season. It's an opportunity. You may have family members that are going to be at your Thanksgiving table uh, in a few uh, short weeks, a few days, really. You got all your shopping done <laughs> for that. Uh, you may have people there. You know, do they, are they going to see Christ at your Thanksgiving table this year? Uh, there may be people in your community, people that are neighbors or people around you. Are they going to see Christ in your Thanksgiving this year? Many of us, many, many of us, well, many people in the world, I should say, uh, try to be self-made individuals, especially here in our own culture. You know, we have self-help books. We have self-help manuals. We have self-care podcasts. And they're, they're everywhere. But the truth is that we're unable to do anything apart from Christ. And really, we shouldn't be pointing at ourselves anywhere, pointing to Christ. At the root of the self-made person is pride, and that's what always keeps people from coming to faith in Christ. It will keep them from that because they don't become humble and realize that. Thanksgiving keeps us in a humble attitude before God. And in our humility, we're not being down on ourselves. That's not what that means. It just means we're recognizing who God is and who we are and recognizing Him in our lives. And that humility, that humbleness points others to Christ as well. As you're going, it's been said before, as you're going, making disciples. So this Thanksgiving, let's all commit to setting our minds on what it means to be truly thankful in all things. Let's dwell on Christ and on his providence in our lives. Glorify him by being thankful in all things. And then let others know uh, the great things that he's done. Tell them about Christ. Pray that they will glorify him too. Either they will be saved or maybe they'll renew their commitment to Christ. They'll renew their walk themselves. Let's all join together this Thanksgiving, though, in worship and praise to God. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this time we've had again here this evening, and thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to look at biblical Thanksgiving, God. I pray that you take the truths of your word and transform our lives, God. Thank you that you're working in us to make us uh, like your son, Jesus Christ, and I pray that you would help us to yield to the Holy Spirit working in our lives each day uh, and to uh, uh, give up those things, God, that are hindering us from being able to become formed to your image. And help us each day, Lord, as we go out to share the love of Christ with others around us, especially at this season of Thanksgiving when we can have an opportunity to point people to you. We thank you for that. In your name we pray.